All right. Hi. <laughs> My name is Marcus, and I am the worship pastor here at Polaris. And uh, every once in a while, I like to preach, too. So this is my turn, and uh, I'm excited to be here today to talk to you guys. So this is the next to last Sunday, the penultimate Sunday, if you will, uh, in our series on the study book called The Story. And The Story, as many of you know, is a book that basically takes the big deal parts of the Bible, and it puts them in chronological order. And today... Uh, we're talking about the final days of one of the biggest characters in the story and in the Bible, uh, and that, that guy's name is Apostle Paul. Now, the material that we're going to cover today uh, is going to be really relevant to parents, but it's my hope uh, that it's going to be relevant to those of you who have spiritual children. And by spiritual children, I mean someone in your life who you've taken under your wing. Someone that you've earned the right to speak truth into. Maybe it's a person in your life uh, that's in an earlier life stage than you, and they're looking to you for uh, you to speak truth and wisdom into their life. And maybe you're just friends with someone, and they naturally look up to you. And you might have someone in your life like that, and you're not even aware of it. So, so take a moment right now. And ask yourself, is there anyone in my life that looks to me for practical or spiritual wisdom? And now, now with that person in mind, ask yourself this question. Am I doing everything I can to actively pour out my life and my godly influence on these people for their growth and spiritual development? And so to help us answer that question, we're going to take a look at one of the books, uh, one of the letters that the Apostle Paul wrote to one of his spiritual children. So throughout Paul's uh, ministry, he wrote letters called epistles to the many churches that he planted. And also he wrote letters uh, to individuals who were themselves church leaders and we're going to take a look at one of these letters today, and it's Paul's second and final letter to Timothy. And Paul calls Timothy his true child in the faith. He obviously looked at Timothy as one of his spiritual children. And now it's really cool that right in the beginning of this book, in this letter that he wrote to Timothy, we see the importance of pouring out our faith to the people that God has placed into our lives. 2 Timothy 1, verses 3 through 5 says, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. So Timothy obviously had people in his life aside from the Apostle Paul that poured their faith and passed it down to Timothy. Can you think about someone like that in your own life? Someone that was so in love with Jesus 
that their interactions with you caused you to be closer to God and caused you to grow. My grandmother was one such person. Um, she was so in love with Jesus, uh, that, that, and that love just burst forth from her life in a powerful way, and it was so evident. And unfortunately, uh, she eventually got sick, and she was bedridden, um, and she couldn't go to church, and was, she was really sad by that fact. Um, and also at the same time, I was just first starting to play guitar in church a little bit, and I was singing, but I wasn't singing in church yet, and just kind of doing that on my own. And she asked if I could come uh, and play some songs and sing in the room with her there. And so obviously I did. And, you know, as I was playing those songs, I realized I wasn't, I wasn't playing those songs for her. I was playing those songs to God and she was worshiping right along with me. And it's the first time that I actually truly led worship. And I remember uh, as I was playing those songs and looking at her, I just saw her eyes closed. And she was just, just connecting with God. And that was so powerful to me. Because if she had just watched me and then clapped at the end, it wouldn't have been nearly as meaningful. Instead, that whole experience did a great deal to change my entire life's direction because that was one of the reasons why I chose to become a worship leader. I think she knew that I was a worship leader before I knew it. See, she influenced my life in a positive way by how she lived and how she treated me. Now, she wasn't concerned about the small things in her life. She wasn't even concerned about her disease. The big deals in her life were her children and her grandchildren. Our interactions with our children and our spiritual children have the power to change their lives and the direction that their lives take in a profound way. And we need to look for those opportunities where we can pour into their lives in a positive way. And now to help you get a picture of how your life can change the people around you in a profound way, uh, take a look at this poor audio quality VHS tape that my dad dug up the other day and sent to me. And uh, it's about my grandma. And uh, take a look for a uh, familiar face and an awkward teenager face at the end there. special. She made everything special. And our failures were greeted with compassion and understanding and a desire to make things right again. Well, it's definitely a joy and a pleasure to be here. It's, to be amongst family, the history of faith here, and the love that you and Grandma have passed on to the family through the years. It's something that I'll never forget and that I want to pass on myself my family. Just her love and kindness. That's really the main thing that was just grandma's thing. <laughs> and just that smile and her excitement. I just love when she got excited to go like that. <laughs> and that's just, that, that's what I think about grandma. That's what I remember is her excitement. Was, I love that. It was always so one-on-one -on -one, you could tell her anything because she understood 
that's well, that was important to you, and you, know, you felt like she cared about whatever you may have to say. Well, I got quite a few memories of uh, Grandma and time over here, but uh, you know the most special, and, you know, the most precious, just about her when I was up there with Grandma when she was in her bed and just uh, singing for her and playing for her. We were just worshiping the Lord together. That was the most, you know, the best time that I could spend with her. And um, it was just a really good, you know, ministering. It was ministering to me, and it was ministering to Grandma, and it was ministering to the Lord. So it's really good. My favorite part about that is my socks. <laughs> it's pulled up way high. Yeah. There were uh, countless other, there were a ton of other examples um, that I could have shown you. Um, but that was just some of my uh, cousins and my sister talking about how my grandma uh, touched our life and influenced our life in a powerful, positive way. Now, that's a really good, feel good story. But unfortunately, it can go the other way. Our children and our spiritual children, who are human, are very susceptible to the bad influences as well. And God has given us a responsibility to not only pour into their lives in a powerful, positive way, but to shield them and protect them from the negative, bad influences as well. 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 5. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. See, bad influences are one of the biggest fears in parenting, right? There's just, unfortunately, there's those kids that cross the line between struggling to do the right thing and actively doing the wrong thing and bullying and and taking advantage of others. And Paul says, have nothing to do with them. And so we have to do what it takes to keep our loved ones from the bad influences uh, of people that can take them down a wrong path, down a bad path. And for parents, especially parents of teens, we know that, or you guys know, that it's a hard thing. Uh, Teenagers uh, are really attracted to the bad side of life. And most of us know that because a lot of us were teenagers once as well, and I can relate. And that's because uh, the bad side of life is where all the cool kids are, right? So many times um, it's hard to convince your children to choose to stay away uh, from the negative influences in our lives. And so a lot of times we just have to set boundaries. And that can be an uncomfortable thing. And even then, they might break the rules. But just setting those boundaries is vital. And I salute those of you uh, who do that on a regular basis because I'm sure it's tough. And I'm not looking forward to that challenge. My kids are three and six, and the six-year-old's just now getting to the point where we have to really start paying attention to those influences but I have a foolproof plan. I've got it all figured out, guys. 
Here's how I'm going to convince my kids to steer clear of the bad influences. See, it's pretty much a universal truth that the cool kids from our childhood don't turn out to be quite as cool as they thought they were and as we thought they were. Now, case in point, and here's my plan. Most of us could probably sit down with our kids and log on to our Facebook and just scroll, scroll through the count unfortunate Facebook profiles of the cool kids from our past, the people that took advantage and the bullies. And we could do a, a VH1 style, where are they now, <laughs> commentary on them. Some of you are familiar with Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite, the movie. Um, his character uh, was a bully, and he was kind of living in the past a little bit. And so we could go through those Facebook profiles and, and say, oh, they're still living in the glory days of high school, still driving their cool high school car and still wearing their cool high school clothes and having their cool high school attitude. But 10, 20, 30 years later, you don't look so cool now, do you? They've aged twice as much as me, and they're stuck in the past. The problem with this is it sounds very bitter, right? It's very easy to get a little angry. We can say it serves them right. They deserve it. But we all know why they were and still are like this. Most likely, they didn't have godly parents who poured a positive influence into their lives and day in and day out invested in them in a positive way, which reinforces the importance of our parenting. So we have to pour ourselves and our positive godly influence into our children, but we also have to shield them from the bad influences that are everywhere, everywhere around them, whether they like it or not, because their life and their direction depends on it. Now, the challenge with all of this is it's really easy to get distracted. And I've, I've talked about this before. There's distractions everywhere. Cell phones, TVs, that book that just keeps on getting better and better. And those are symptoms of an underlying problem that's really a bad problem that it's easy to overlook. And what's that problem? I think it's simple boredom. I think we can just get bored and get distracted. And here's a little story for you. Both my kids are obsessed with cars, especially my son Sammy. He is obsessed with cars, and he loves playing with cars. And I I can understand that because I'm obsessed with cars too. My dad's obsessed with cars. It runs in our family. But I can only take so much of playing with cars before I instinctively start taking out this thing to try to cure my boredom, right? But what if in addition to just making myself not take out the stupid phone, what if I told myself how meaningful it is to my kids when I play with them? Because when I remind myself how meaningful it is to them, that's when this thing starts looking like a piece of junk. That's when this thing starts looking like a potentially evil distraction that can steal the joy away um, 
that I'm sharing with my kids. See, playing with cars, that's what brings them joy right now in their lives. And they want to share that part of their lives with me. My son always asks me, Daddy, can you play with cars with me? Dada, do you want to play with cars? He wants to share that part of his life with me, and that's a big part of his life. Think about how important that is. And yeah, it can be boring. But the more time that I invest in my kids' lives right now, I'm hoping that it will help stave off their need to completely excommunicate myself uh, when I'm no longer the cool dad. I'm hoping that there's a foundation of trust and love there. um, That they want to spend time with me. I want to build that foundation right now. And so it's essential to take advantage of every opportunity to spend time playing with your kids and speaking to them, encouraging them. We have to actively participate in our children's lives. And this is a reality that parents of older kids are very aware of. See, the older our kids get, the smaller our chances are to spend time with them and pour into their lives. And every day we're on autopilot, whether we're looking at our phones or watching a TV show or reading a good book. That's a potential day with our kids that we really won't get back. So we have to remind ourselves of the value of spending time with our kids while we have the chance because the urgency there is real, and we've got to be aware of it. Here's another uh, urgency to be aware of. Let's take a look at 2 Timothy 4, verse 6 and 7. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now, what Paul is saying here is that his death is close. Nero, the Roman emperor at the time, was persecuting Christians, and Paul was probably his biggest target. And so he realizes the urgency of his situation, and he writes this letter, which he might have knew was his last, to his spiritual son, Timothy. And now I don't want to sound morbid or, or fatalistic, but we have to be aware that our time with our loved ones is limited. Our time with our loved ones is limited on this earth. Peter, himself a persecuted Christian and an apostle, wrote a letter to fellow Christians, and in it he quotes the Old Testament book of Isaiah, and he says this in 1 Peter 1, verse 24. All people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. See, everything that we own on this earth, all of our responsibilities, all of our earthly glory, it will all fade. But the good news is that the words that the Lord gives to us and expects us to share with others in our lives and our children and our spiritual children, those words will last forever. 
I have a friend of mine who just the other day was saying that he's really trying hard to spend time with family and with loved ones. Said that uh, one of the members of his family is, is getting older and kind of losing memory and, and not remembering faces. And my friend had a really honest moment here, and he said that a few times he could have stopped by uh, and visited with this person when they were healthier, but he didn't take that opportunity because he just had too many things to do. There's that distraction piece again. See, he's feeling the weight of losing someone and losing the ability to get that time back. But because of that, now he's going to make the most of his life here and spend time with his, loves, with his loved ones because he realizes this right here, that we only get one lifetime to pour into the people God has placed in our lives. And that sounds like a lot, but we have no idea how long that lifetime will be, our lifetime or their lifetime. Our day-to-day lives, our responsibilities, our material possessions, our distractions, all these things will fade. But the time we spend with our loved ones, the fun we share together, the godly wisdom, the words spoken in truth and love, these things will last for a lifetime and beyond. And every day, we've got to choose others over ourselves because we don't know how much time we're going to have left on this earth with them. So we give up our hearts and our godly influence and we pour into our children and protect them from the evil influences and we're intentional about doing that. One risk, though, is going overboard with it. And I know that sounds weird, but here's what I mean. It's real easy to develop like a white-knuckle parenting style where everything that happens to our kids and everything they do has to ultimately come from us and our identity. And we forget the simple fact that they're not really our children. They're God's. Our children are not really our children. They're God's children. They're an entrustment, and they're a gift from God to us. And in the end, our responsibility and our job is to simply turn them around and point them right back to Jesus. Some of the people in this room have children who are graduating this year, and they're heading off to college, and I know a lot of you, and I know that you realize that truth. And not to toot our own horn as a church, but I'm totally going to do that right now. Polaris's kids are awesome. And I think it comes from having a great youth pastor, Dave Ivey. It comes from the kids themselves. They just have an amazing heart of love and compassion. And it comes from parents who day in and day out invest in their children's lives and point them right back to Jesus because they realize that it's Jesus who is going to grow them. God has done so much in these kids' lives, and and it's evident that he's doing something right here. And we will continue to do our part as parents and spiritual parents to help them down that journey of growth. See, there's a beautiful illustration that I heard the other day. If you're a gardener, it's not your job to make your flowers grow. You plant the seed, you keep the weeds from damaging the plant, 
But it's not your job to make them grow. That job is left up to the sun and it's left up to the rain. And it's just like that with our children. See, we plant the seed as we pour our life and our godly influence into them. And we tend to the plant. We keep the weeds away as we protect them from the evil influences that this world has to offer. And we are intentional and diligent about keeping that relationship up with them day in and day out, investing into them. But in the grand scheme of things, it's the sun and the rain of God's spirit that will grow them. And for me, obvious, or honestly, this is the biggest growth edge for me uh, because I get so much fulfillment out of my kids and I have so much concern for their well-being uh, that sometimes I just forget to simply sit back and enjoy life with them and take a breath and trust God with their lives. But the one thing that reminds me of this lesson more than anything else is this. When my wife and I uh, tuck in our son, both of our kids at night, my son Sammy prays this prayer, and I have no idea where he got this from. He just started praying it. And he says, Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for tractors. Thank you for food. Thank you for building us. And thank you for the sun and the rain that makes the flowers grow. He prays that all the time, and he smiles when he says it too. It's so sweet. And I'm reminded every time that our kids are a gift from God. And we've got to point them back to Jesus so that he can grow them. So it's my prayer as that Sam and his brother Paul grow older. That my wife and I can cast off all all our distractions and actively pour out what God has given us into their lives protect them from harm, and trust God to do the rest. Let's pray. God, we pray um, for the people in our lives, for our children and our spiritual children. We pray that you would grow them and that you would give us wisdom and godly influence to pour into their lives. And God, help us to look past the distractions and actively pour into their lives every day. Thank you for the chances that we have to invest in them right now. And help us to take advantage of those opportunities.